If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Olovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, welcome back. I'm Jo. I'm Lucy. Welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about flexible working. It's the thing that enables us to juggle our career and our family. Yeah, it lets us work in all kinds of different ways and at times it suits us and it lets us juggle the different demands that we have on our time as working parents. This year, we became an official supporter of Flexible Working Day, which was yesterday, the 6th of June, 2018. So in recognition of this, today we're talking all things flexible work and sharing nine things you need to know about flexible working. Before we get into it, though, we want to let you know that we've written a short guide for you to help you make your own request for flexible work. So if you're interested in making a request, you can download the guide at our website, thejuggle.com.au forward slash flex guide. And of course, thank you to 3DHR Legal for sponsoring this episode. For legal advice about managing your flexible workforce, visit 3DHRlegal.com.au. So without further ado, nine things you need to know about flexible working. Number one, flexible working is more than working part-time. More than starting early, more than finishing late, more than working from home. (laughs) It's also job sharing, condensed working weeks, working school hours, or even in some people's cases, and I love this idea, working school terms and having all the school holidays off with your kids. Or maybe that's not so good. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, you're going to adopt that one. Do you think you can make that one work? (laughs) I know people that do, and it it sounds a lovely concept, but I think I'd need to budget in some kid-free time at the same time. Yeah, maybe a few days here and there. It's okay. It's still flexible working. Basically, flexible working is being in control of where, when and how you work, but also to some degree, what tasks you manage when. Number two, you have a right to request flexible working. And lucky for us, we have our resident employment lawyer who is going to tell us exactly what those rights are. Oh, Please go ahead. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Over to you, Jo. Oh, to me. Um, <laughs> Yes, conveniently, it is what I spend a bit of my time doing. So I do have some answers for you in this area. You have a right to request flexible working in lots of different scenarios, but the key one for people who are probably, for you and I and for um, people listening to us, are that if you are a parent um, of a child who is of school age or younger than school age, then you can make a request for flexible working. There's a couple of qualifiers on that. You have to have worked for your employer for at least 12 months on a full or part-time basis. And in case of casuals, if you're casual, you need to have worked for at least 12 months and have an expectation of future work with the same employer. So how do we do it? How do we make the request? The Fair Work Act, which is the legislation that provides for making flexible work requests, states a couple of different requirements. And it says, number one, that you need to do it in writing that you need to specify the reason for the change. So in this case, it would be because you have a child who is of school age or younger and you need to actually tell them what you want. So it might be, you know, you're currently full-time and you want to go down to a part-time arrangement or it may be that you work 40 hours but you want to work those 40 hours over three days of the week instead of five days, something like that. You just need to say exactly what kind of flexible arrangement you're looking for. 
And really importantly, you need to actually make a business case for why you think the flexible working arrangement is a good idea or alternatively is not a bad idea on the employer's side. And you just mentioned that these rights to make these requests are set out in the Fair Work Act. But am I right that even if we don't meet these requirements, we can still make a request from our employer? Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing stopping you from having a conversation. And in fact, a lot of the time, it's really worthwhile having a conversation before you even make a written request to get some ideas about whether or not there's any appetite for the kind of request that you want to make to give your employer a bit of a heads up that you're going to be making a request and also getting an idea from your employer whether there are any particular arrangements that they already have in place about how to make requests. So they might have a particular policy or something like that. But getting back to your point, yes, even if you haven't been working at a job for 12 months or you don't have a child who's of school age or under school age, you can still make a request. There might not be a legal right for your employer to consider that request and or approve it, but you know, you can still make one. Yeah, for sure. And as you mentioned before, we've created a guide to help you make your request for flexible working, which you can download at thejuggle.com.au forward slash flex guide. So the third thing that you need to know about flexible working is that your employer can only reject your application on reasonable business grounds. Yeah, which is why you need to put that business case in your application when you make it. So again, the legislation, the Fair Work Act, provides that an employer has to respond to a request for flexible working in writing. So it's not only you that have to put a few things on paper, your employer has to do it as well. And they have to do that within 21 days of receiving the application. And they have to state in that whether they accept or refuse. And if they refuse, they have to give you reasons. And those reasons have to be based on business grounds. So it might be it's too costly for them or they think it's impractical or they think it's going to be a burden on other employees, such as, you know, the workload will be too much spread out if you are going to be working less hours a week. Or maybe they've got some comments about the impact on clients, such as lower customer service or lower productivity, those kinds of things. Great. So that's the legal bit out the way. So once we <laughs> out the way, tick that off the list. So once we've made our request and our request has been approved, we now need to work out how we actually manage our flexible working. So number four on our list of things you need to know is that boundaries will be your friend. Or not. <laughs> Depending on how you feel about boundaries. I know that some people feel like they need to have super strong boundaries. You know, I only work on these certain days of the week because if they don't do that, they feel that work leaks into every single part of their life. Yeah. And other people like me prefer looser boundaries so that we can be, you know, more in flow between work and family. And I did this today. I didn't go into work. I've been sick for the last week. So I thought that instead of taking my sick leave at the start of my sick leave to try and make me recover, I didn't. And so I took it at the end and I stayed home. Well, I didn't really take the sick leave because I worked, but I stayed home and worked from home and loved my life because I had my washing machine going. I had the dishwasher on. I had dinner being delivered, ingredients being delivered for dinners this week. And it was awesome. And I went and took the dog for a walk and all those fun things. And so boundaries, and I, I did work as well, but by, <laughs> by the way, yeah. 
<laughs> just in case your employer is listening. <laughs> it's all about flexible work. I promise I did. <laughs> but I love the loose boundaries that let me kind of pick and choose between all those different things all in the one go. It's great. Number five, technology is a benefit. And a burden. Mm, yeah. <laughs> technology is what enables us to work remotely and keep us connected with our colleagues and with the workforce as well. And the burden bit is that it keeps us connected with our work and our colleagues <laughs> at all hours of the day and all days of the week. Yeah, which is good and bad. It's good to be able to pick up work whenever you want to or whenever it suits you to. I like to work in the evenings and if I didn't have great technology that lets me connect back to our software at work, then I wouldn't be able to do that. Which totally gets back to the point number four, which is that boundaries might be your friend and that you need to think about whether or not you want to be strict on those boundaries, whether you don't have your emails accessible on your telephone because that's too much to all the time or whether you have a rule that you don't work after a certain time of the night or something like that. Mm. Yeah, the emails on the phone is a really good one. I don't have my work emails on my phone. I just have my personal ones because it will be going off all the time and you'd see them and I feel like I'd want to deal with it even if I shouldn't be dealing with it. Do you have yours? I have them on there, but I don't have notifications. It does buzz and they do come through all the time, but it doesn't like ding or anything like that. So it's not as bad. (laughs) You're halfway. You have a loose boundary around your technology on your phone. (laughs) So number six is our favorite topic. You must manage expectations. Yeah. As a working parent, there's always a lot going on. You have expectations of yourself. You know, there's expectations that your family have of you, that your boss has of you, that your clients have of you. And you really need to make sure that those expectations are realistic, particularly the ones on yourself. Particularly the ones on yourself. Because we seem to be our own harshest critics, don't we? Yeah. We spoke about expectations in episode 10, a whole episode dedicated to our favorite topic. And we said in there that the key really is communication, making sure that we communicate what our expectations are and understand what other people expect of us so that we can make sure that we manage those things. Yeah. And review them at a regular basis. Look back and have a think, you know, was that a reasonable expectation that I had and can I readjust in the future? So some examples of ways we can do this with flexible working, one that's coming to mind for me is with clients. I think we've spoken about this before, but about having your email signature specify when you either when you'll be working or when they can expect you to respond to emails so that your clients know when they can expect to hear from you. And with your family, it might be that you want to tell them what time you'll be home. You know, I will be home for dinner every night. Um, I might work again in the evening, but I will be home for dinner and, you know, crazy hour with the kids or something like that. Yeah. And another one around family with flexible working is making sure they know when you're working flexibly from home that you are working and whether that means they're allowed to come in or whether they have to leave you alone. Yeah, unfortunately, with the four-year-old, it's really difficult to get that one across. <laughs> you read my mind. As soon as I finished that sentence, I was thinking, yeah, because when I tell Lily to leave me alone, that really works. <laughs> I was on a Zoom call earlier today and lucky it was a semi-work thing as opposed to a very full-on work thing. And my son wanted to come in and he wanted me to um, open up a balloon for him so that it could make farting noises. <laughs> like, this is really not appropriate right now. <laughs> it was funny you'll find yourself on one of those memes on youtube you'll become viral was it recorded it probably was 
Oh, no, I wasn't recording that, thankfully. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So number seven, things will go wrong. Funny that we should be saying that right now. (laughs) Things will go wrong. So you need to have a plan B and a plan C Mm -hmm. and a plan D and as many as you need to actually make yourself feel comfortable that you are prepared. Because the reality is that things don't always go to plan. Kids get sick. What happens? How do we manage our work and family and all the other commitments when we have a sick child? Do we have a plan B and C and D and however many plans we need, as Joe says, that will get us through those times? Yeah. And not only is that important for you so that you feel that you're prepared and that you won't be as stressed when something does go wrong, which it absolutely will, but it's also something that you could communicate to your employer as well, you know, make them feel more comfortable that they know that you've got this and that if your child is sick, it won't necessarily always be 100% you who's having to leave the office or work to go and care for that child. And, And maybe it is, maybe that is something that you do need to tell your employer, like I am the person who will get called out. So if you are the person who's called out, how do you make arrangements to make sure that the work gets done? Is it something that you have backups in the office or is it that you have backups to for another carer to come in and look after your child in those instances? Absolutely. So the plans B and C and D aren't just around how we manage what's going on at home, but also around how we manage what's going on at work. So like you say, do we get somebody to phone and cancel client appointments if we need to, or does somebody take those over for us? Or maybe we have to decide on the day depending on what's going on. But the point is, no, okay, I'm not going to make it into work today. So what are the things I need to deal with? What do I need to manage to make sure that things still run smoothly? Am I implementing plan B, C or D? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tick, tick, tick. And the point is that the better prepared you are, the better that you're going to manage when things go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And we're all for less stress. Oh, definitely. (laughs) All right. Number eight is stay connected. It's very easy to get lonely when you're working remotely, especially when you're working from home and if nobody else is around. I experienced this when I started working again after having Lily. It was very, very lonely. We need human contact. It's a basic human need. So there's a few obviously different ways you can get that. For you, it might be showing up to social events at work. I know that that was really important for me. I really liked being able to go to work functions, whether they were just the casual Friday night drinks or a more formal like end of financial year party or something like that. So plan them out. If you know that they happen on a regular basis, maybe once a month you arrange to have a babysitter or your partner at home to care for the kids so that you can definitely attend that event. And if flexible working for you means sometimes working at the office, then that might be enough for you to stay connected with the people and what's going on around there. But if it doesn't, or if your workplace is not in the same city or maybe even the same state as you, you can take advantage of places like co-working spaces where you can work amongst other people so you still get that human connection, even when working at the office isn't ideal or isn't even possible. Yeah, and then here, of course, we have to mention technology. So technology does let us stay connected and it's not all just checking emails or being able to access your work remotely. It can also be visually seeing people like you and I are, you know, we're so fortunate to be able to do this podcast over Zoom. We get to look at each other and, you know, have that engagement that comes with seeing someone's facial expressions. So maybe when you need to have a telephone call with someone at work, jump on a video call instead. 
Yeah, we use Zoom, but you can use things like Skype. You can also use Slack as a way to stay connected. Lots of people talk about how much they love Slack. And people even use, it's not for video conferences necessarily, but lots of businesses also use Facebook groups as a way to stay connected with their remote workforce as well. So our final thing that you need to know about flexible working is number nine, things change. They do. What works now will not work forever. Remember my favourite mantra that it is always a phase. (laughs) That's right. Our kids are always in a phase. Yes. Uh, So we recommend that you schedule some kind of review around your flexible working arrangements. And that needs to be a check-in with yourself about what works and what doesn't work. So it might even be, you know, something that you do on a mini basis on a weekly basis or you might do something on monthly whatever kind of period of time works for you and you just need to have a few key questions to ask yourself did I meet my expectations this week did I meet my boss's expectations this week were they reasonable were they not what could I have done differently to feel more comfortable and less stressed about managing all the different balls that I've got flying around in the air and if the answer to those questions is that you're not meeting your expectations then change it the nature of flexible work is that it is flexible and you can change it to suit your changing circumstances yeah you're definitely not locked in and I think it's something that employers need to be made aware of as well you know just because they agree to a flexible working arrangement doesn't mean that they need to keep that arrangement in place forever in a day The biggest example of this for me is when I returned to work after having Lily and it felt like my flexible work arrangements were changing constantly. Like I just decided, okay, we're going to do it this way. And as soon as I make the decision, it's changing again. And I went from working from home to working in the office with Lily five days a week because I was a little bit mad. And then I went, (laughs) that was too much. So then I'm doing three days a week and some evenings and it was, it just changed so frequently. But the point was that I was always on top of, okay, is this working? Is this not working? And if not, let's see what I can do differently. And it, it, it's okay to change just because you have a plan doesn't mean that it has to be the plan forever. Yeah. And that's a great example because it shows that these kinds of things can be done on a trial basis. You know, let's try this for three months or let's do this for one month and see how it goes. And then you don't have to commit to anything further than that. And you just sort of have a review and decide what's going to be the next version of events. So those are our nine things that you need to know about flexible working. So if you are looking at making a request for flexible working, or perhaps you just want to change one up that you already have in place and you want a bit of a help a bit of guidance with making that request to your employer, then go and download our guide. We've created the flex guide and you can download it at thejuggle.com.au forward slash flex guide, which is just F-L-E-X-G-U-I-D-E. Thanks again to 3D HR Legal for sponsoring today's episode. If you want some advice about your flexible working, you can find out more at 3dhrlegal.com.au. Thanks for listening. We love having you part of our conversations and we would love to hear what you think about this episode and our podcast in general so please leave us a review in the podcast app it really helps other people find our show see you next time happy juggling 